This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and JL related. Extreme Terrain is dedicated to providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest Jeep parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today for guaranteed delivery by December 24th, available on most items ordered by December 21st. For details on all that and more, visit www.extremeterrain.com. Episode 310, December 7th, 2017. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com and the Amazon Echo devices. Are you listening to the show on an Amazon Echo? If you are, we've got a special Jeep wave just for you. And don't worry, all five fingers are there and extended. Trust me. (laughs) Maybe you're looking for a way to both support the show and keep yourself out of the doghouse this holiday season. Well, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And a small fraction from anything you purchase from that special someone for that special someone using that link will go towards the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And we thank you in advance. Well, the 2018 Jeep JL Wrangler price has been leaked. It seems we can't go two weeks without some sort of info that wasn't supposed to be public and it gets <laughs> leaked, released, or otherwise submitted to official news outlets like us. You know, because we're such a big-time news media outlet and all. Mm-hmm. But back down here in the real world, however, the price tag for the 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL has been made official-ish. Ahead of its official release, someone has gotten a hold of some images of the original or the official window sticker price sheet. The sheet says that the JL Wrangler Sport will set you back $2,720 for the two-door and $31,090 for the four-door unlimited models. For those heading to the Jeep page as we speak to see how much extra that's going to be compared to the currently available JK model, it's just a $2,200 and a $2,100 bump, respectively. Moving to the other end of the spectrum, the JL Rubicon starts at $37,490 and $41,290, with the two-door being the cheaper option. If I'm counting my fingers and toes right, the Rubicon off-road package will cost around $2,750 more than the current model, regardless of door count. Now, the sheets also list that the fuel economy and the output for both 3.6 liter and the, v- the 3.6 liter V6 and the 2 liter inline four. The V6 will drink 18 miles per gallon in the city and 23 miles per gallon on the highway while making 285 horsepower and 260 foot-pounds of torque. The 2 liter turbocharged inline four will do a little bit better with 21 miles per gallon in the city and 24 on the highway, making just 268 horsepower and 295 foot-pounds of torque. We're all more than a little disappointed that the four-banger isn't putting out that rumored 368 horsepower that we heard earlier in the year. We all know that the ponies alone won't get you through the trail. You're going to need some grunt behind that power, and the 295 foot-pounds of torque should help off-road quite nicely. For all intents and purposes, these numbers do look official, but there's always wiggle room before the car or any vehicle officially hits dealer lots. 
That said, this should give you a good ballpark to figure out just how much the 2018 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon you're eyeing is going to set you back. Well, another new Jeep and another batch of recalls. For those who were following the debut of the new Jeep Cherokee back in 2014, you'll remember that not only was the launch delayed due to problems, bugs, and recalls, but the first several months saw a litany of things go wrong. Well, the new Jeep Compass has barely hit showroom floors, yet we're sitting, we're staring down the barrel of yet another round of recalls. Approximately 25,800 model year 2017 through 2018 Jeep Compass SUVs are being recalled by FCA, not because of something that will kill you or make driving viciously unsafe, but more for something that will annoy you more than anything. The backlighting for the instrument panel cluster may act up and won't allow you to adjust its brightness. That's right, nearly 26,000 Jeeps are being recalled because of a dimmer switch. Okay, granted, I suppose in rare circumstances, this theoretically could affect a driver's ability to see at night, increasing the risk of a crash. But even that might be a stretch. Now, I could see this being more of a problem if, say, I don't know, the dome light started strobing like an ambulance and was causing a multitude <laughs> of people to go into epileptic seizures, or if there was a mass of shootings because the headlights had a mind of their own and flashed the wrong person as you took that shortcut through the bad side of town. But this is clearly more of an annoyance than anything, really. But to take care of this issue, dealers will update the instrument cluster software as necessary for free. If you are the owner of a 2017 to 2018 Jeep Compass, well, you can visit your local dealer for advice or the repair, should that dealer have the software patch ready, that is. FCA will begin officially notifying registered owners January 10th, 2018. In the meantime, owners can call the automaker at 1-800-853-1403. You can get a hold of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's Vehicle Safety Hotline at 888-327-4236, or you can visit www.safecar.gov to check your vehicle identification number and learn more. And I want to thank all of you guys out there who help us out each and every week by submitting a story for This Week in Jeep. If you have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, well, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Ah, just damn it, that... JL red JL looks so damn pretty. It really mm -hmm. does. I can't wait till we get one out here in my neck of the woods. I'm going to have to go for a test drive. Uh, I really, you know, I don't know if you guys uh, saw it on the uh, Jeep talk show uh, Facebook page, but uh, I uh, shared a image of the uh, CJ through JL dashes. Oh wrote, yeah. That was a nice little introspective comparison there. It shows, yeah, all the way from the CJ up to the JL the dashboards of all of the Wranglers ever made. And and that was a nice comparison to kind of see how things evolved over the years. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting how the, um, the JL is, 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 you know, the, the time on it is 21st century. You can tell that the styling is modern day, but it, it's nice, uh, has a nice, um, minimalist, uh, look to it. Uh, indeed. Uh, the only other one that I really like is the one on the TJ, but of course that's the same one that's used or almost the same one used on the XJ. So it's something I've right. seen for many, many years. So I'm sure it's just, uh, I have that comfort feeling, but I'm very impressed with the dash on the JL. The only thing I can think uh, that I've seen on the JL that I have a question about is what do you call that little thing that's on the, the front, uh, right next to the front fender flare? Uh, it's like a, a little inlet uh, of some sort. I think it's just for looks. The air uh, vent it might, thing? It might just be for looks. It could actually be a functioning like brake vent or something like yeah, that, but that's yeah. going to be a reach, I, I believe. So the problem I have with that is, is that if you go to put on aftermarket fender flares, now I'm sure the aftermarket folks will take care of it, 
but the fender flares generally, you know, like like if you're going a flat fender flare flare or something, uh, man, maybe there's a way to do it where you don't have that that thing's not in the way. But I was thinking to myself, they could have done without that, and it'd been a lot easier to modify it oh. afterwards. I see what you're talking. I didn't know exactly what you were talking about. I had to actually bring up one of those images yeah. before. You know, there's um, there's a couple of uh, of aftermarket manufacturers that are doing fender flares. You know, actual full fender replacements, mm-hmm. um, rather oh, that, yeah. that incorporate a version of this into the design. I think Metal Cloak is one of them where they have like a trapezoidal like vent type you know thing right there on the corner that kind of adds a little bit of dimension of texture to the side of the Jeep. I think I could do without that vent personally. Um, uh, I'm on the fence with it. I, it, it's, it's not so large that it's like, oh my God, what is this giant orifice on the side of the Jeep? <laughs> but it's also, it, it, it's also, it's, it's small enough to where, okay, I can, you know, if I, if I'm squinting my eyes or just at a glance, I don't really notice it. But at the same time, it, it's there enough to kind of break up that fender line a little bit. So it kind of gets me like those, uh, those fake exhaust ports that people were putting on the sides of the, the fenders oh, of their cars. Right, right. <laughs> it's like. Uh, you know, bullet holes and uh, fake exhaust ports, you know. So, uh, but you know, each their own, and that's kind of the nice thing about uh, the actually the greatest thing about having a Jeep, besides being able to go anywhere, is be able to modify it and make it look, you know, very unique. Uh, which is kind of rough when you cut somebody off. It makes it easier for easier for them to find you. <laughs> right, right. Like, if you guys don't know what we're talking about out there, um, the the 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL, the next generation of Wrangler that's going to be coming out. It's not in showroom floors yet but it was just debuted at the LA Auto Show here in the last couple few weeks. And there has been a ton of pictures that have come out from the official launch from this. There are a bunch of really beautiful pictures of the new 2018 Wrangler yes. online. If you guys want to go check it out, um, there I mean, I think they released like a 200-picture a bunch oh all goodness. at once. And it's just, it is a gorgeous photo shoot of the two-door and the four-door. If you're, if you're a fan of red, they picked a very oh, good yeah. red <laughs> color. You know, I mean, it really stands it's out. Like fire engine red, almost. Oh, that yes. is a great red. Yeah, that yeah, is a great red. There's, there's not so great reds, and there's great reds, and the ones that really stand out and have a, uh, a hue to it. I'm, I'm a big red fan. Red's my favorite color. So you don't say. Really? I wouldn't have, I have guessed. I had no, did no not idea. Know that. <laughs> no idea. Things, things that you learn, personal items no. that you learn here, right on the Jeep Talk Show. Exclusive well, every day. Going up here in just a little bit. Tammy's going to get into us. Uh, get, get into us. Get oh. into a little bit of uh, the Northeast Off Road Adventure class and uh, what we can expect from that and and her uh, her thoughts and all that on that. So stay tuned for that. And we got some a whole bunch of other stuff coming up as well. And uh, next week, uh, Nate with SB SWB Crawler. I always have problems with that. I always think of SBC. Uh, swbcrawler.com uh, will be with us. You know, he's been giving us all kinds of uh, input, and actually we have a, uh, a contributor segment from from him tonight. Uh, he is going to come in and let us know why you don't have to have a lift to go wheeling. Ooh, that's going to apply to a lot of people out there listening to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Josh, he says, specifically requested you to be in on the interview. So you're going to have to join oh, us boy. a little early next oh, week. Oh, boy. He's going to take me to task on something. No, I just no, not at all. He said that uh, <laughs> he said, you know what you're what you're talking about. He wanted a highly technical person involved in this. So uh, I think he wants to bounce some Ooh, stuff cool. off of you. So it's uh, it's nothing but good. Well, hey, we got another good stuff. We got all kinds of good stuff for you guys uh, this week. In fact, you can help us 
You can help us by getting the word out about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. You guys are on Facebook, right? I bet you're a member of several Jeep pages. Well, ask permission first and then just post about the Jeep Talk Show. That's right. All you got to do is mention us. Just direct them to www.jeeptalkshow.com. Head over to our website or tell them to install the Jeep Talk Show app on their phone. Even better. It's all free, guys, and it's just a little bit of word of mouth. We could really appreciate the help, and you guys can you know, get those warm and fuzzy feelings by well, doing us a solid. And if you do it now, people will thank you so much they may actually buy you a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And as I was threatening, uh, we have a another segment with uh, Wrangler Extreme, uh, Nate, uh, tonight. It's going to be uh, Jeeping with Kids, Part 5, Community. Hey Jeepers, this is Nate with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. Tonight I'm continuing the Jeeping with Kids series with a little chat about your wheeling community. Everyone's got their own opinions on how to raise their kids. I've known parents that thought it was hilarious when their toddler dropped the F-bomb. I'm not here to judge, but take tonight's segment with a grain of salt. I believe kids should be able to be kids for as long as possible before they're exposed to the harsher side of life. So I try to pick and choose who they're exposed to. If you don't agree with that, well, you'll just have to take tonight's segment for what it's worth. Kids learn how to live their life based on the adults around them. Because of that, it's great to surround them with adults that you feel are worth learning from. Personally, I feel like the jeeping community is full of those sort of adults. I've built the group of folks that I wheel with over the past 20 years, and most of them have turned out to be pretty decent adults that I'd have no problem at all trusting around my kids. If you're new to the sport, you may not have had the benefit of building your group over two decades like I have. For a situation like that, Josh commented a few weeks back on finding a club and finding other parents through the club. That sounds like a great place to get started. Through my volunteer work with the Jeep Jamboree, I've met quite a few parents who've had their kids involved in the Jamboree volunteer crew since they were very little. So far, they've all grown up to be pretty pretty responsible young adults, and some of them have even started guiding with the Jamboree now. I'm looking forward to the day when my kids show enough interest to get involved like that. And that brings me to one final point. It's great having your kids involved in the activities that you enjoy, but just try to keep in mind that they've got their own interests. Try not to be that guy who's trying to push their kid into something that they don't really want to do. Jeeping, like many things, is a sport that you have to love to enjoy. All right, that about covers it for tonight. I hope you enjoyed tonight's segment. If you have any feedback for me, please hit me up on the Jeep Talk forums. Thanks. Well, thanks, Nate. I I think that's really important. And I was just going to say, I can attest to um, my kids not enjoying Jeeping, and I took them each once, and I'm not going to force them to go. They don't enjoy it, and so I just go by myself. That's what duct tape is for. Yeah. Come on, people. (laughs) Well, I think as a parent, uh, a good parent, you uh, expose your children to certain things, and some of it they're going to enjoy, and some of it they're not. And uh, right. it, it like just like Nate said, Nate, uh, Nate, just like Nate said, it's uh, you know you can't force them into it, or you shouldn't. Uh, but uh, expose them, take them out, show them what uh, the outside's like with uh, some horsepower, or if you're in a Jeep, not so much horsepower. And uh, but uh, getting there off uh, off road and having some fun. I mean, it's it seems like all kids like uh, roller coasters, and really going off road is a roller coaster that you're steering. Not you, when you know, I'm driving. Too <laughs> <laughs> slow. Well, you're not far that, that that far off base, Tony. I mean, a personal story here, real quick. You know, I, I work with uh, with a uh, with several co several coworkers who are, are big into motocross, and and they're big into trail riding and stuff like that. 
And one particular coworker, he also had a Jeep, but his was a Liberty. And it was it was a limited. <laughs> it was not set up for off-road at all. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was a decent daily driver, you yeah. know, for all for all intents and purposes, it was just just fine. But you know, he couldn't take it off-road. But he had taken it up to the, you know, like the staging areas and stuff where you would, you know, you launch your bikes from and, and all that stuff. And the kids had been up there, his kids had been up camping and stuff like that. He had two young boys. But they had never really been off-road. And they were too small for, for motorbikes at the time. This was, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And they're a little bit grown now. But, uh, but nonetheless, back then, they were, they were pretty little, still in booster seats. And um, he, I had mentioned that we were going to go up wheeling, you know, that weekend or something like that. And, and he's like, you know, hey, you know, do you have an extra seat? And I was like, well, I was just going to go up with my, but, you know, by myself and meet somebody up there. And, and I was like, if you want to tag along, he's like, do you mind if I bring my kids? Like, sure, you know, no problem, you know, so loaded up a couple of booster seats in the back and the kids piled in the back. He was up front and we had a blast all day long. His kids were giggling the entire time. They had an absolute blast getting out in the woods, tromping around while we were eating lunch and stuff like that. Still to this day. They ask him, hey, when's Uncle Josh going to take us wheeling again? <laughs> now, granted, I've, you know, I've met these kids all of like twice. I've got no relation to them whatsoever. These are my coworkers' kids. And they're asking when Uncle Josh is going to take them wheeling again because it made that much of an impact on them. They had that good of a time. And, and you know, I, maybe it was just, you know, he, he and I and the chemistry we had and the fun that we were having rubbed off on them. And, it, and they kind of picked up on that and, and enjoyed, you know, the time just that much more. You know, I don't know. But, you know. This kind of stuff definitely rubs off on kids. And, and Nate said, you know, he's particular about the kind of people that he exposes his kids to and stuff. I, I, that really resonated with me, you know, something fierce. So I, I, kudos to Nate uh, for a great segment. A lot of great advice in there. Yeah, it's I think like a lot of it, too, though, is if you get them out when they're younger and they don't have those friends that they have to be with on the weekends and they don't have oh, yeah. their... I think that plays a big part because mm-hmm. my kids catch were them, older. Yeah, catch them before they get that independent streak in them. It's right. it's like the 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 Jeep meme where they show the the lifted Jeep and then uh, just below they show a Prius and it says because your kids won't remember when that time when you got fifty miles to the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yes. it's very very true. You're listening to a four by four radio network podcast. Oh, and the Jeep Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. If you don't know what it is, well, go check us out, 4x4radionetwork.com, 4x4radionetwork.com. You can learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and the Trail Chasers podcast. It's your one-stop shop for all the off-road audio you could ever need. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. So back in October, I was at the women wheel, Women's Wheeling event in Rush Creek, and I got to partake in the Northeast Off-Road Adventure class. Um, I shared that with you guys. Um, but part of that class, I learned a couple of tips and one of those tips was this thing called a soft shackle. And I'm like, what is this? Anyway, um, he shared, John, the instructor shared about it. And I went ahead and bought myself one. Um, it's a gator jaw synthetic soft shackle. And one of the cool things about this is you don't have to undo your D-ring 
to strap up a, a recovery strap when you need to recover your vehicle. And I thought, well, that would be really cool because my D-rings are pretty much super glued now onto my Jeep <laughs> because I don't want them stolen anymore. Um, anyway, no, I just wanted to share. This is um, some a cool um, Jeep thing that I bought, and I just wanted to thank all um, my Facebook friends out there who made suggestions on which kind I should buy. Um, this is the Gator Jaw Synthetic Shackle. Anyway, it's a cool Jeep thing that I got. I just wanted to share it with you. Um, another cool idea, a cool tip that John gave me or gave us women was before you head out off-roading or wheeling, take your recovery strap and put it underneath your driver's seat. Because that way, if it's stuck in the back in some bag or in some crevice in the back of your Jeep and you're in all this mud or all this water, you don't have to go climbing through your Jeep or you don't have to get out and get all muddy and and dirty. And so anyway, I just thought that was a really cool tip. Mine is permanently under my driver's seat. um, And I just wanted to share that with you. Another thing um, I haven't mentioned yet because I was a little leery about um, if I was going to continue with this or not. But I love sharing my Jeep adventure on my blog. And through this Jeep adventure and through the podcast and through social media, I've come across these really cool, cool Jeep stuff. And I started sharing that. Um, I do a little, you know, three to ten minute little video on YouTube. And I'm just sharing all these cool things that I find. And one of those things, um, I did episode eight. It's called Jeep Mama's Garage. And it was on YouTube. And I did um, the video with CPO, who's been on our show before. And he shared this really cool phone mount and um, it's called 67 designs and it's the JK mount with universal mount and one thing that I had no idea was on your JK and I'm sure everybody else probably knows this and I'm like the only one who doesn't know this oh you'd be surprised (laughs) Um, on the upper dash is the little I don't know the coin change holder or where you could put your stuff And it's like one of these plastic rubber holders and you can pull it out. I had no idea you could pull it out. And inside that is this um, bolt or a screw. And you can take that screw out and you can mount stuff in there. I had no idea. So I heard about this mount because I had been looking for something because when I'm off-roading by myself, It's hard to hold my phone and look at the map because last week I shared um, with you guys about MapRika, which is a really cool um, map that can track where you are on the trails, especially at Roush Creek. So that's hard to drive and pick up your phone and look where you're at. So CPO mentioned in this My Jeep Mama's Garage Episode 8, this 67 Designs mount. And part of it's in my Jeep right now because I installed it the other night and it's got that 20 millimeter um, round ball that you can use with the ram mount Um, anyway it just sits there on my dash and it's a universal phone holder or mount or whatever you call it and you can adjust it and move it um, to any direction you want anyway it's a really cool mount and I highly suggest it and now I'm excited to go off-roading again because now I can hook my phone up and watch where I go 
on the trails. How much was that thing, Tammy? Uh, $69 plus shipping. And it's a solid, um, solid um, piece of equipment. Hardware. Yeah. Did yeah. you did you check Amazon? Did they have uh, maybe have it on Amazon Prime with free shipping? Um, you know what? I did not do check Amazon Prime, but well, you Amazon guys can has do everything. Yeah, yeah, you guys can check that. I often find when things when I go to places and and they they want to charge me shipping, I go, hmm, I wonder if I can get this uh, maybe for a few dollars more, but get free shipping over at Amazon. So right. Um, it, it was, it's a really, a really good buy and they also have mounts for your GoPro and all sorts of other mounts on there too. If you want to check it out at six, seven designs.com. See, they should sell it for $67 instead of 69. Well, there you go. <laughs> so this doesn't interfere with your, uh, uh, Ram mount for your camera. No, because my Ram mount for my camera, uh, it's a suction cup. Mm-hmm. So it's right there on my windshield. And so this just sits really low because the mount that's in the tray is probably up maybe a half an inch above that tray or that, what I don't know what, what would you call it, right. the tray. Well, let's go with that. Um, yeah, so it sits there. And you could adjust it. I have mine adjusted where it sits right in front of my um, the radio screen mm-hmm. or the whatever. Um, but I don't listen to that anyway um but you can adjust it to move so you can see your your screen there i know some people are really into their their electronics <clears throat> yeah yeah with stereos so and stuff. yeah so uh i had a question for you are you do you have any concern with your recovery strap under your uh driver's seat about it catching on fire when you're using the uh the seat warmer i don't use <laughs> my seat warmer <laughs> That's why my son uses the seat warmer when I take him to school. But I oh really? That, yes. It gets warm fast enough. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. See, we um, we could use that now here in Southeast Texas on yeah, today because we have snow. Now I, <laughs> yeah, I did use the seat warmer when I was having um, my my the back pain. issues. Yeah. Yeah. So that helped. That makes sense. That's uh, yeah. that that'd be very handy. And speaking of fires. Josh, I got my new fire extinguisher today. Oh, lucky you. Yes. So I it have worked. not received mine yet. Yes. So. <laughs> so it worked. You just take your old one, you put it in the box. They have a mailing label and they have instructions on how to mail the old one back. And I got my new one. So very, very good. Exciting. Very good. Uh, was it the same size? Same look, same diameter, all, all that? Yep. Everything was the same. Oh, very good. Yep. Hey, folks, coming up later in the show, we're going to get into part two of our discussion of drive lines and slip yoke eliminators. And in just a little bit, we'll be talking to Tom Taylor from the one and only rockauto.com. You're not going to want to miss this. And if you're looking for a source of Jeep tech info, how to's and a gathering of fellow like minded Jeepers, well, then you've got to head over to our forum, jeeptalkforum.com. Once there, you can engage with other Jeepers. You can ask questions, get answers to your build questions. You can check out show and shine and off-road picks, read about events, modifications, and even find a selection of some written transcripts right from segments here on the Jeep Talk Show. And if you're worried about how you're going to be treated, eh, no, there's none of this kind of stuff, guys. There's no flaming, there's no making fun, and of course, there's no such thing as a stupid question over at JeepTalkForum.com. 
So whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or you're on your seventh Jeep, it doesn't matter. There's something for every Jeeper over at JeepTalkForum.com. Well, we had a uh, a banner uh, week this week for reviews. Yeah, we did. It's yeah, we uh, it's great to see that. I mean, we we get them here and there, but boy, we did, it's just so much. It's very exciting when we get reviews, and I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to to go and write these reviews, and uh, especially this one individual that sent us an email. And Chris M, it's a uh, it's a, a male Christian. <laughs> he wrote into the show, and he says, "So after hearing the latest podcast." I had to, I just had to write in. Wouldn't you know, just days after my last email to you, a friend came to me with an offer I couldn't refuse. He traded me my XJ and a little cash for his TJ. That's right. No more unibody for me. I'm now a proud owner of a 2003 TJ Sport 5-speed factory Dana 44 with rear disc brakes, 373s and a limited slip. It gets better. Yes. The, the guy my buddy had bought it from had already lifted it 2.5 inches and installed a slip yoke eliminator. It was such a good deal and in mint condition. I do miss my XJ though. I had so much blood, sweat, and tears in that thing. Knew it inside and out and the color of the TJ. I bet you're all <laughs> on the edge of your seat. Let's just say Tony would be proud. Sorry, Jeep Mama. Take care. Oh. <laughs> and screw three-star reviewers. You all rock. <laughs> oh, no. Hey. <laughs> Chris Martinez. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, it wasn't yeah. us. It wasn't us. <laughs> At least it was somebody else. <laughs> You know that's well, the only that's we only have one. I was I was when I was looking at the uh, the reviews and stuff. Yeah. We only have one three star review. So uh, you know it's not so bad. I think we have like a total not of so fifty fifty nine Facebook re- uh, page reviews, and only one of them is a three star review. So uh, not too shabby. Yeah, not not at all. Well, we got one here from the Cisco Kid via iTunes. He gave us a five star review and uh, left 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 us a comment as well. He says it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. This show is just terrible. If you want to get anything productive done. <laughs> it's so entertaining that I can't focus on anything else but the show while I listen. The lack of maintenance on my Jeep is making it falling apart because I can't because I can't binge listen to all the shows fast enough. All jokes aside, this is a great podcast to listen to for all Jeep lovers. Whether it's the professionals that know everything about Jeeps or the newbies that just bought their first base model JK. There's something to be learned by everyone. Would highly recommend this show. All oh, those are such kind words. Thank you, Cisco Kid on iTunes. Really appreciate that. Very, very warm review. I can't remember. I know we re- read all reviews, but can we edit them? Like, can we take out the first like three sentences and just read the oh. last one? <laughs> <laughs> we have to read the whole review, right? That's that's the deal. Yeah, hopefully, you know, somebody's battery didn't die on their phone like, right after that oh, yeah. first sentence. Like, I well, I guess it. I'm never listening to this ever again. I knew it. I knew it wasn't just me that thought that was a horrible <laughs> show. That's it. I'm deleting it. <laughs> so we had a, a one from our uh, Facebook reviews. Uh, James G gave us a five star. Great show. Only suggestion would be content for non-Wrangler guys. An episode for XJ, WJ, ZJ guys would be great. You know, uh, I think Josh and I have kind of pulled back on the XG talk because that's what we have 
and we just talk about if we if we could we talk about it all the time so we've we've kind of tried to roll that back a little bit uh, I, I think that's right isn't it josh and that reason why we're not Ish, talking yeah. so much i mean a lot of the tech that we cover um will be cross-platform right. occasionally we'll get into some stuff that is that is vehicle specific I, i've got a, a tech talk here uh, a part two actually that we'll be getting into that's a little bit you know, XJ and uh, a little XJ specific, but it does apply across multiple platforms. And that's what a lot of this stuff uh, is really good for is because it can be applied to both XJs or TJs or ZJs or, you know, any mm -hmm. Jeep that you have and stuff like that. And of course, you can always go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes. If you're, you know, we have 300 some odd episodes yeah. that we've published, guys. There is a ton of content out there. So if you're maybe only 50 episodes into us and, and you haven't listened to some of the older stuff out there, it's not necessarily time sensitive. There's a lot of great info from oh, no. some of the older episodes that might be applicable to the vehicle that you're driving, not necessarily the one that we're talking about in this episode. Now, we haven't had Cody on in quite a while. Uh, Cody uh, had a, a Grand Cherokee. What was it? Was it a ZJ that he had, uh, Josh? Do you recall? I, I think he had a CJ and a WJ. I think he's he's had a couple of Grand Cherokees, but uh, yeah, his was was the Grand Tour or something. What was that uh, the segment that he was doing? Oh for us yeah, wow, very very entertaining. And he was doing a series on the the Grand Cherokee. I forget mm -hmm. uh, what two letter designator it was. Uh, and uh, you know what Cody did? He uh, sold it. He now has a Toyota. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But, but we were but we were doing the Grand Cherokee stuff uh and Get a rope. Uh, anybody out there that would like to <laughs> like to contribute if you've got some uh, some Grand Cherokee knowledge, uh hey, contact us info at jeeptalkshow.com. We would love to get your uh 3 or 4 minute uh take on uh the Grand Cherokee just like Nate's been uh talking about various things for us in Wrangler Extreme. And we also have a Facebook five-star review from john r listening to the jeep talk show got me ready for my second jeep purchase and through <laughs> five months of downtime for a repair oh, wow great insight for a rookie wrencher tony i have two jeeps but only one is red the daily driver is black there we go it's oh, not oh. it can't be perfect <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's an old proverb that you may have heard before that says knowledge is power. In the case of a Jeep Wrangler, that power means enhanced horsepower and torque, better off-road performance, extra flexibility, less binding, and more. ExtremeTerrain.com's Jeep Wrangler Learning Center is home to a collection of useful information, including links to several different kinds of guides, which help you become more knowledgeable and gives you the tools to assist you in modifying your Jeep with the best results. Extreme Terrain's tech guides help explain the function of various components and how to choose the best one for your purpose. Whether those parts are bumpers, winches, lift kits, wheels, tires, armor tops, suspension parts, lights, drivetrain components, or whatever else is on your Jeep. Extreme Terrain's installation guides give actionable professional tips on fitting those parts to your Wrangler and offer extra information like torque specs and VIN decoders. The Learning Center includes plenty of data for YJ, TJ, JK Wranglers alike. JL Wrangler guides are coming soon. Be sure to visit extremeterrain.com slash Wrangler dash Jeep dash Learning Center HTML or find the link on our homepage at jeeptalkshow.com. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com, guys. We will have a link to Extreme Terrain's Learning Center right there for you. Um, can I get that URL again? I got my, I got my pencil ready now. Slash dot dash <laughs> dot slash dot com. <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I think... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo!
Last week, we started our discussion of drive shafts and slip yokes. This week, we're going to continue that discussion and get a little bit more in-depth behind one of the most common and necessary mods for lifted Jeeps. We covered what exactly a slip yoke eliminator is, why we want to, why we want one for our lifted Jeep, and what they do. This week, we're going to go a little bit more in detail of the pros and cons behind this, what the benefits are, and what pitfalls could arise if you lift your Jeep and don't address the driveline issues that come with doing so. All right, so let's say you finally got your Jeep and you've picked out the lift and tires that you're going to be running. But all that talk about slip yoke eliminators, custom drive lines, and the time and cost of installation may have you second-guessing budgeting for a slip yoke eliminator. Heck, we've all heard those stories of that one guy with six and a half inches of lift, 38s, and no slip yoke eliminator running the Rubicon with his locked-up Dana 35 with no issues. And it's fishing stories like that, people, that can get you, that can find you on the side of the freeway with a dangling drive shaft. So what exactly are some of the harmful effects of not using a slip yoke eliminator? Last week, we talked a little bit about how drive lines work and the angle in which they need to be in relation to the transfer case and the rear axle pinion. The difference in these angles from the stock setup put a measurable strain on the output shaft of the transfer case. This places a load on the transfer case bearings and the seals of the output shaft. Eventually, this strain will cause leaks and potential failures. Another more obvious problem are the U-joint ears of the drive shaft making contact with the yoke as the drive shaft spins. This will make for a noticeable clanking or thunking noise, and you'll feel some vibration that may come and go depending on the speed and, of course, the severity of that driveline angle. A transfer case drop will clear that problem up as well as a high-clearance extended slip yoke, but it will not correct the strain on the output shaft, and you've just sacrificed ground clearance. Well, and isn't that why you lifted your Jeep to begin with? Needless to say, the potential issues that arise from lifting a Jeep and not addressing the slip yoke can be devastating. Trust me, it's a lot better to take this take take care of this now instead of waiting until after the transfer case is leaking and your driveline yokes are so stretched, your U-joints are basically falling out with a steady breeze. Okay, so aside from avoiding catastrophic driveline failure and a blown transfer case, what other positives does the use of a slip yoke eliminator provide? Well, as I mentioned before, the ability to remove the rear, the rear drive shaft if it gets damaged and drive off of a trail under the power of the front axle is a major plus. I've had to do this myself on more than one occasion. Things happen on the trail. You can't always do a U-joint swap out when you're out on the trail, even if you have a spare. You run a stock front drive shaft with a slip yoke eliminator on your Cherokee, well, you can carry a whole spare driveline assembly for both the front and the rear drive shaft. And this gets into more of what Chris was asking last week when he wrote in. Can you run a stock front drive shaft in the rear of a lifted Jeep Cherokee XJ using a slip yoke eliminator? The short answer is, of course, yes. But there are a lot of factors that have to be taken into consideration before you run to the wrecking yard. Obviously, you need to figure out what your Jeep is equipped with so that you can look for the right vehicle to grab parts from. Other factors need to be weighed in as well. How much lift do you have? And what style of slip yoke eliminator are you using or are planning on using? That's right, there is more than one flavor. Is a hack and tap or short shaft style in your future? Is it a super, super short kit? Which flange, sty flange style does it have? A stock front drive shaft from a 91 and up 4 liter automatic transmission with an NP231 transfer case can be used with either, a, either style slip yoke eliminator. The flange style setup will require an adapter to work, but most yoke style slip yoke eliminators use the same 1310 U-joint that the front shafts use stock. So this setup can be used for lifts ranging from 3 inches all the way up to 6 inches, depending on which style of SYE you use. But if you're running 6.5 inches of lift or more on your Cherokee, 
Well, then you need to be looking towards a custom drive shaft, as the factory ones just aren't going to be long enough to maintain proper spline engagement on the two-piece driveline. Now, if a stock drive shaft is not the length that's needed, or any any drive line shop can lengthen or shorten it for about seventy-five to hundred bucks, which is still cheaper than a custom drive shaft from, say, Tom Woods. Now, don't get me wrong; a custom drive line is likely going to be a better performing unit. It'll likely be stronger, and will of course have that wow factor as well. In Chris's case, with his '99 Cherokee XJ with an automatic AW4 transmission, 231 transfer case, and a Dana 35 rear axle. He's going to be looking for the front drive shaft out of basically the same exact vehicle. And here's why. Because Chris has a good size lift of about four and a half inches, and there's a chance that he may even go more because, well, let's face it, whoever goes with less lift than they had before, he may want to opt for a driveline from a vehicle that has a slightly shorter transmission, giving him a little bit more driveline to work with because of his shorter pinion and a big lift. Now, regardless of what is pulled from a junkyard, I would highly recommend doing a full rebuild on it. Replacing the double carton joint and the U-joints as well. Spare or not, it would really suck to be out on your first shakedown run with your brand new slip yoke eliminator and junkyard drive line and blow a U-joint on the first trail. So thanks again, Chris, for writing in. We really appreciate it. And I hope this information has helped you and others out there in the same position. There is a ton of info surrounding slip yoke eliminators. And this has just been a very, very brief sampling of some of the things that you'll need to take into consideration when planning a lift and a slip yoke. Obviously, a lot of this info is going to be very specific to XJs, since you can't run a front drive shaft from a Wrangler on the rear. But all of the other information crosses all other platforms as well, regardless of year or number of doors. So if some of this is over your head, or if you'd like to uh, have a little bit more of a personal response, then please write into the show. If you have any questions about Jeep Tech, mods, electrical, or anything Jeep-related, or maybe you just need advice on a build, well, shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Put in the subject line Tech Talk, and I'll answer your question directly. And I may even select it to air here right on the show. I remember when I was uh, first looking at uh, lifting my Jeep, and uh, I went over to Naxj, N-A-X-J-A-X-J.org, uh, and uh, posted up uh, to the Brain Trust over there uh, as far as uh, uh, what I should do. And some of those bastards said... Oh, here, let me Google that for you. No, no. Some of those bastards said... Well, the first thing you should do is put a SYE uh, on your on your Jeep, and I'm like, no, that's not very sexy. Nobody's going to know that's there but me. I need to lift <laughs> it with big tires and flashy wheels and uh, so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, because I didn't know anything about this stuff, I was I was learning it, and uh, I I noticed that uh, on the uh, the rough country lift that I was looking at, it came with a transmission drop, and I found uh, very quickly that that transmission drop was put in there because the, uh, of the SYE to get rid of any vibrations there, there that you may have. And I was getting the four and a half inch lift, which probably wouldn't have given me any vibrations, but it was, uh, it was still good to have. But do you know that the S I'm not the SYE, the drop that I got with that kit were rubber bushings. Oh, wow. So how do you tighten rubber? Yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. All the ones that I've seen have been like aluminum. Yeah, bars, uh, either a yeah. bar or a, a block that went in there. Uh, and you could make a make a drop very easily just by using a one-inch uh, uh, square tube and uh, drill some holes through there and get longer bolts. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, but <laughs> I digress. Um, so I actually lost one of those things. It actually came off, and uh, the uh, the transmission cross member was dangling on the uh, passenger side. Good Lord. Uh, actually, not one, but two of them came off. And I was driving it. Who knows how long it was like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So 
Uh, anyway, I uh, I got the Tom Woods uh, SYE. So, boys and girls, I will go back to those bastards on Naxja that told me long ago, first thing you should do is do an SYE. Then do your lift. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them in with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with the Texas big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys you need to give me a beer. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so after the beep, leave your message. Hi, guys. This is Rodney with Jeepers Outpost. You can find me on most social media and on YouTube. I uh, just want to give you guys a call. Let you know I love the show. Enjoy listening to it every week. Uh, interesting little story. My first Jeep was a Ford, a 1965. <laughs> Oh, where'd the rest of it go? <laughs> that's all we got. No. <laughs> that's it? Yeah. We're just, getting, just getting to the good stuff. I think he did it on purpose. Yeah, I got this, this great story. There was a UFO. There was a blinding light, and I woke up through Did he? Click. Did he say Jeepers Outpost? <laughs> yeah, Jeepers Outpost. Yeah. I just joined the group. <laughs> oh, right on. Right on. So, Rodney, you need to call us back and tell us that yeah. damn story. <laughs> Rodney, finish the story for us, buddy. Uh, charge up that cell phone next time. <laughs> <sighs> oh sorry that was from last week <laughs> oh no he's getting excited just let him finish <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was it i was that that that's actually showing now since it's christmas time where they the the dog is humping his leg and say if he, oh, if he goes to humping your leg just <laughs> just, just let him let finish, him finish. <laughs> yuck 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 what a great show i love that movie it's just so funny is that national national lampoons christmas, christmas vacation. vacation yeah yeah <laughs> timeless do you know they actually want you to pay for that uh on i think it's not netflix but uh on uh, amazon prime you can't oh, just goodness. watch it for free come on you can't just watch it for amazon that's prime. a holiday staple you have right there. to buy it <laughs> from around the world or from your city And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, we're here again tonight to have another great interview. This uh, great interview is going to be with uh, Tom Taylor of rockauto.com. Surely you've heard about rockauto.com if you uh, buy any parts for your for your Jeep or even your other vehicles. Uh, but if uh, you haven't heard about Rock Auto, you're going to hear about it tonight. Tom, thanks for being with us. And uh, Tammy, thank you for being with us. So, Tom, let's start a little bit with uh, uh, where you're from. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Rock Auto is based in Madison, Wisconsin. And we've uh, it's a family business. I'm actually one of the family members. And we, we went online in 1999 and have been selling parts ever since. So how did that yeah. how did that start, Tom? I mean, uh, was there some extra vehicles in there in the yard and uh, say, hey, let's sell some parts? Or, <laughs> well, we uh, we my brother and my sister in law and I are all automotive engineers. They they were oh. a GM and I was a Chrysler and and we wow. uh, we drove old cars and worked on our old cars and we still own a lot of the cars we owned back then in 1999. And we we started noticing the uh, 
going to a traditional auto parts store, it was getting hard for them to, to stock the parts for all the different makes and models that were coming out, and, and that's just escalated since then. And the, I have a 71 Ford, and the shock absorbers on it are the same as the shocks on a 65 Chevy and a 96 Buick. So, and parts like that, it, yeah, you can have those on the shelf, but now with all the Hyundai and Mazda and Subaru and, and, and the models change, the parts like shocks might change every couple of years. So it's just hard for them to have the, the parts in the store. So we, we found we were... You go to the store and you're talking to a, a person who's the interface with the computer, and we often felt, well, <laughs> I wish I could just jump over the counter and look through those catalogs <laughs> and databases myself because I know the most about my vehicle, and and the counter person may not have the time or, or knowledge to, to track down what I need, so they might say, well, it's not available to go to the dealer or go to a junkyard, and they just don't know where to look. So we, we, we found ourselves, we'd hang in the back of the store and wait till the our, our favorite counter person was up at the counter and so anyway it seemed like an, an opportunity so we started out by creating the catalog and then we we went and found manufacturers and suppliers and and slowly grew um since since 1999 um the, kind of the, the same philosophy of of giving customers access to to everything behind the counter everything we know is on online in our online catalog all, all the specs all the pictures um and and being consistent with pricing, always having reliably low pricing, not not having uh, you know super duper sales on one part that subsidizes a, a different part, and uh, giving customers selections. So a traditional store, you're used to just walking in. Do you have it? And, and if they do, or they can get it for you in a, during the day or next day, then they'll slap it down on the counter, and that's your choice. But we not only will have parts for old cars and daily drivers, but we'll have a choice of of uh, brand and, and different specs, which comes in handy, especially if you're working on an older vehicle that might need a, a thicker gasket or or uh, has some special need. So yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. We we still work on our own cars and enjoy every day at Rock Auto. Wow, that that really explains a lot because you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of parts there online and uh, some things that I wouldn't normally expect to see uh, available uh, at a uh, especially at an online uh, store. Uh, so it really makes sense now that you guys are, are were involved, and you just had that same frustration that a lot of us have uh, when we go and uh, speak with the the individuals at the parts stores. Now, I don't mean to denigrate the the parts people; they get they catch a lot of hell and, and memes and things like that on the internet, but uh, they they don't have the experience that some of us have, if if not all vehicles, with the vehicle that we have. So they miss some of the things that uh, that we already know, and it gets to be very frustrating. So going online is is so wonderful. I need this, this, and this, and oh, I'm not sure about this. So let me go cross reference and look it up and get that part number. And yep, that's the right one. And then you know, it's it's just seems to be a lot uh, cleaner, a lot uh, quicker experience. Yep, yeah. If you if you click on the uh, part numbers in our catalog, you can see the other uh, vehicles that the the part fits, and. We uh, we often get um, consultants telling us, well, you know, your website's not flashy enough. You should like say which parts are most popular and and things like that. And and nobody care if Toyota Camry brake pads are super popular. You don't care if you don't have a Toyota Camry. But but we've done things like uh, there's little hearts next to some of the parts in our catalog, and and those are parts that people other customers have bought frequently, not returned and been happy with. So that that can be a clue about. Okay, maybe this is is what I ought to choose. Um, we put parts in bold 
prints that are that fail frequently and a lot of other customers have purchased which can be a a, a big help if you're just trying to diagnose the problem my, my family has a a 93 Ford tempo that my wife loves and and we just keep on going with it and uh it, the tempos are known for their harmonic balancers going out the original harmonic balancers don't last and so for that car, the harmonic balance are usually a part that lasts for the life of the vehicle often. Uh, on that car, it's in bold print because they, they need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I've been so quiet. I'm like mesmerized <laughs> by your website. I'm like, oh, my. Tammy likes uh, to shop while, right. uh, while we're doing interviews, by the way, Tom. But this is <laughs> like, it's amazing because you can go specifically to your year, specifically to your Jeep, and you can see all the different things and i mean it's amazing all it, this stuff i don't think it needs to be flashy because i think no. when somebody's specifically going to look for a you know a running board or a rocker panel guard or a light bar I, i'm just reading some of the things here you know or even something more specific like um the belts and stuff you just go right to it i mean how did it I'm, I don't know. I'm just like really impressed. This is a lot, a lot of information. Well, well thank you. Now, it's, who's, uh, how did you, I, I guess uh, this is just from years of well, gathering. It, it, yeah, it, it's, it looked that way in, in 1999 and we've just slowly, slowly added to it and improved it. It's, uh, I, I can remember back in the, in the nineties hoarding fuel filters for my old cars. It's like, will I ever see this again? And, and now you can go to Rock Auto and, and, there's not only have the fuel filter, but there'll be two or three choices. So it sounds like you guys have a, I'm sorry. It sounds like you guys have a real love for the parts that people need. You're going to make sure that the the parts that people uh, want for their vehicles are are there. Yes. Yes. We, uh, we not only have parts for old cars, but we're constantly getting new, new inventory. We have something called wholesaler closeouts that are, are parts that maybe if you're, you're up North, there's no longer that, particular model on the road anymore so they don't they can't sell the parts so they'll they'll auction those off and those end up as our wholesaler closeouts which we buy for much lower prices or our customers pay much lower prices the uh problem parts like the uh early 80s jeep they started using the uh plastic valve cover on the six cylinder and the what wasn't so much the plastic it was like there wasn't enough fasteners along one side Mm. We, we have replacements for that and, and it's not it, there's a better plastic replacement and there's fancy aluminum ones it, it's it, it's amazing you have so many choices for a 30 year old car yeah the jeeps 30. are the jeeps are fun like that it's like uh i always refer to it as a uh a woman's shadow box there's always something you can put in there or do to it <laughs> Yeah, it's neat. It combines like hot rod and classic car all together, and and plus you can you can escape when the zombie apocalypse happens, where everybody else gets. <laughs> yeah, <eaten>. right. <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, uh, we didn't ask uh, Tom. Are you a Jeep owner? Nope. No, I'm still a wannabe. I uh, we're helping sponsor the Extreme Off Road Adventure Show on Power Nation, and I went on a uh, a wheel and trip for that in uh, 2016 and then again this past summer and and got hooked i we went through uh the first time we went through trails in tennessee and then this past summer it was kentucky and i, I remember 
we uh, we build a, the the show builds up a, a jeep and then we give it away. Um, so and we we take them and test them on these on these trips. And I, I remember the first time we, we're in a park in in uh, in Tennessee and I'm in the jeep and Ian Johnson, the guy that built the jeep's driving and, and and I think well this isn't bad. This is a pretty pretty tough dirt road, but this isn't too bad. And and then I find out that's just like the access road. And we, yeah. we, right. we head into a creek bed that's this solid boulders and he's he's going through gaps that it's like, well, this won't fit through there. And oh no, I'll, I'll take the sidewall of the tire and I'll, I'll climb this tree stump with that. And then I'll bounce over <laughs> right. on this boulder. <laughs> it, it was just an amazing experience. So um, yeah, after this last trip in, in Tennessee, I, I came back and I uh, bid on a, uh, it, it was a, Let's see, 2005 TJ that had been used by the water department at right-hand drive and just beat to heck, and I bid on it, but I didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> you got to try again. Oh, yeah, he's not giving up. The Jeep bug has bit him. Right. Well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you had a lot of fun there uh, off road with uh, with Ian. I uh, enjoy watching him build things up. It's uh, it's it's like being in the uh, <laughs> it's like being in the in the shop without being sweaty. Because you you get to see somebody else do all this work that you wish you could do. Yeah, and you're so inspired. It's like a, you know, I think about my leaky water pump at home. It's like that's no problem. I'll tackle that. I mean, <laughs> he's working on the differential in the parking lots of the hotels. <laughs> it's like I can do a water pump in my garage. And- yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, oh, one thing I did want to make sure that everybody understands is your parts are not limited to old vehicles. Uh, you, uh, you go all the way through modern day, don't you? Yes. When we, when we started out about 18 years ago, we were thinking the market would be the, the hard to find parts, parts for older cars. And, and that's certainly a, a big part of our business, but the, the, most of our business is for people's daily drivers, the, mm-hmm. the, the newer Jeeps, the Ford F-150s, Toyota Camrys, um, which kind of makes sense. I mean, that people have their hobby cars and then they have their car they drive every day to work. How about a uh, 96 Honda Civic? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah, you can almost build that from scratch. <laughs> and there'll be, there'll be lots of uh, wholesaler closeouts once you get back in the, in the 90s. So, like, when I, changed, when I checked the rear brake um, shoes on the uh, Ford Tempo, I, I just go ahead and replace them because our wholesaler closeouts will be, you know, like six bucks yeah. for, for a new set. So. Hey, Tony, there's Lamborghini parts here, too. Oh, my case. goodness. Yes. <laughs> now, I, yeah, might I was not just going to afford... just gonna say, I mean, they've got a little something for everybody. I mean, from, you know, Mitsubishi on to, uh, you know, just about anything else. I mean, I, I saw something on here for, for a Packard even. Uh, so, you know, they got they got stuff for just about every vehicle out there. Hey, Tom, I wanted to ask you a quick question about uh, about your guys' giveaway. Hey, this is Josh, by the way. Um, you guys are giving away a purple Jeep. I mean, it is all over what? the interwebs. You guys are on extreme <laughs> off-road with this thing. It, this Jeepster looks amazing. Can you talk a little bit about that thing? Yeah, that, that's why we drove through the, the parks in, the, in Tennessee this summer. It, 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 Ian Johnson built it, and he, he found it with a, uh, it's a 68 g Commando, and he, he found it, and somebody had converted it to a, the uh, Ford Ranger Mazda pickup um, V6 and the, the Mazda pickup dash and, and, oh and the Mazda interior. So he, he took all that out, and we, uh, and we, we provided the... <laughs> the, the parts every car needs the uh, the fuel pump the radiator mm-hmm. the the sensors um he, he put a uh t- took out the the mazda v6 or, or ford ranger v6 put in a uh, a four liter 
engine that he souped up, uh, all sorts of uh, super duper off road goodies, and, and it, it held up really well well on the trail. I, I learned that forty inch tires are, are are a big deal. The the other people behind you might hate you because you dig these holes that they get stuck in. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> That that thing climbed. It, it, it performed flawlessly. The only problem we had was the. Uh, it, it's got a tailgate and liftgate, and that that uh, popped open, and we figured out the latches, how to secure those better. Oh, I, probably <laughs> so because did, it was. Did you get our luggage out a couple times? But did you actually get a chance to drive this thing? Yeah, not not off road, just kind of putzing around the the uh, service roads and stuff. Well, still, that must have been quite the experience. That thing looks a lot of, looks like a lot of fun, and, and there's going to be one lucky winner that's going to get a chance to, to own that. When is the giveaway? When are you guys going to announce the winner, and how can people get involved? Um, we can go enter at rockauto.com. You, you, uh, the first, there'll be a little window that pops up that, where you can enter the sweepstakes, or if you go in the upper right corner of the page, there's our, our promo and manufacturer rebate page you can click on, and you can enter there. And the uh, drawing is, it ends December 22nd. And th- then I believe the, the drawing is early January. I'm and sorry, I'm so inter- quiet. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm entering right now. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sure Tammy is beside herself when she saw this thing, this purple monster you guys are giving away. Can people um, enter more than once or is this kind of like a one and done type of thing? Boy, I, I can't remember if, if, uh, if I it's think you, it's unlimited. It says... Um, there's two weeks left, and it's. I have one entry, and it's un. You can. Um, it looks like you can enter many times. It, at oh, any very rate, good. At any rate, somebody can go to the site and uh, read what the rules are. Sure. Yeah, there's special rules in Canada. You have to do a. Uh, I guess to have a sweepstakes in Canada, you, you have to. You can't just give away stuff. You have some. Have to some. Have somebody do something to earn the wins. So they have to do a little math problem. Oh, that sounds. Uh, that sounds <laughs> so strange. <laughs> in Canada, answer you have to- two plus two, and you can win this Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where we have the Power Nation guys that, that, that they run the sweet stakes because we don't have to figure out all that. Oh, perfect! Yeah, the secret rules. But yeah, it, it was a nice Jeep, and I, I was impressed on, on on both the Jeep we gave away in 2016, which was a a TJ with a, a Dodge Hemi in it. Yeah, and I remember that one. Jeep, we, we drove them all, all around Tennessee and Kentucky to get to the different parks. So they're, it's like we're driving on the freeway, and and they just just perform. So yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with Ian's build. So is is that the plan? Are you guys going to be giving away a Jeep every year? I mean, if so, you guys are definitely on the right track. I just want to <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Power Nation has made some changes. Ian Johnson actually left the show. Um, recently, he, he, he's going to be doing. He, he hasn't announced what he's going to be doing next, but he's off to his his next uh, next career step. And they've got a couple of new hosts. So, yeah, I'm not sure if they'll be doing the the Jeep giveaways or not. Is uh, one of them Jesse Combs? Um, no, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's a joke because it's a joke. She used to be on there with Ian, and then she left. And now that Ian's left, I just thought maybe she'd come back. <laughs> well, yeah, I I I, I, uh, I met her. She was doing the all girls garage i think mm-hmm. she was on that but yeah, yeah they're gonna have two hosts one is um jeremy weckman and uh the other is eliza leon and that, it sounds like they're, they've they both work in shops doing um car builds of not just four by four stuff but whatever the customer asks for and um eliza has a is bilingual speaks spanish so maybe they're gonna try to branch out with for spanish channels mm-hmm. 
Ah, Telemundo simulcast. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a good question for you or not, Tom. But what is probably the most unusual part that you guys have? Maybe the most rare or unusual. Well, I'm sure that oh. Lamborghini fuel pump has got to cost you <laughs> an arm and a leg, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it uh, it varies from car to car. Like something that's really this complex, strange thing on one car is simple on the next. But the, the ABS control modules, thingamajigs. That mm-hmm. there's all these little solenoids that mm. that uh, r- regulate the pressure in the uh, in the system. And uh, I look at those, and and it's like, wow, this is like something pulled out of the the instrument panel of the Star Trek. <laughs> spaceship or something. So uh, now I've never had to call customer service, but uh, do you guys have a customer service set up for people that are trying to find the part and maybe they don't know exactly what it is they're looking for? How do you handle those those situations? Yeah, we've really um, tried to eliminate phone calls as much as we can of because course. everything we know is is in our online catalog. So if you if you call up and say you know I need this bit of trim for my my '62 Chevy, well if it's not in our catalog, you, that's the place we would look. So and we also try to a problem conventional parts stores have is you have um, somebody come in and, and they're not sure what the repair is and they're hoping you will confirm it. Oh yeah, and that <laughs> that's really hard to do over the phone. Imagine if you. If you did it with your doctor and you call up and say, I have a headache, should I take aspirin? And he says, oh, I guess. And, and, and then he doesn't, he doesn't know you have an arrow stuck in the back of your head or something. Right. <laughs> can, do you, can, does your hair they have the normal part? So if, it, if your hair is not parted properly, then no. Um, so is there, is there any kind of uh, interesting story that, uh, that comes along with uh, having a, a major uh, part supply like this? Yeah, I mean, I mean the... Uh, when we first started out, it was like we would every story we would get so excited about. It, it, a, a tractor company um, for their, I think it was Holland Tractor Company, ran out of shock absorbers on their assembly line, so they got them from oh, us. Oh my goodness! Oh, wow, <laughs> that's, that's something good. else. It's it's wild whenever somebody that you don't have any contact with, uh, you, you know, you haven't talked to them, you you didn't see them at a trade show or something, and just out of the blue they contact you and, and they trust you for. For that type of thing, it's it's like uh, us doing the show here. We hear from people uh, all over the place, and it's just amazing uh, to me that uh, uh, so many people hear us, and uh, you know we don't know them. So I can I, I kind of understand that excitement of uh, of where you hear from these folks, and you know it's like they really need us. It's a, it's a great shot in the arm for all the work that you put in. Yeah, yeah. If you read our monthly newsletter, we always have a customer story. They they write in about how we helped made it affordable for them to fix up their old old classic or there's a lot of uh, military overseas and, and we're a great source for for parts for them for their uh, uh, u.s spec cars that they've they've hauled overseas and and we online we make it real easy for them to to uh whatever time zone they're in they can order they can set up returns they can return cores j- just all through the online interface that's great well you know Which, I- I'm sorry. I was going to say, which which is very intuitive. I've I've been a fan of Rock Auto for years. Uh, you guys have actually sponsored some events that I've been involved in and, and whatnot. And I've I've been a, a, a not a member, a customer, a, a big fan of of Rock Auto for for many many years. And if you guys don't know about how intuitive their website is, how easy it is to use, and just how extensive it is, yeah. you got to go check out RockAuto.com. And and to that end, 
Let me ask you, Tom, your guys' warehouse must be insanely huge. I mean, it's got to have its own weather system. It's got to be so large. You ever just kind of walk down the aisles and get lost back in there amongst those millions and millions of parts? Um, n- no, we, we don't have one giant warehouse that everything ships from. We, we ship a lot of parts directly from the manufacturers and, oh, and wow. retailers. So it, it, it makes shipping faster, and, and we, we don't have to try to have the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's what I was work. thinking. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the image I had in my head. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm glad we're on the same hey, page here. <laughs> what's this box? It looks like it had Nazi symbols on it. <laughs> yeah, well, warehouse management is fascinating. It's uh, one of my favorite stories. Is like in the old days, you would put all the you put one part number all on one shelf so you wouldn't lose it. But now, if it's a popular part, you might spread it throughout the warehouse. So that all your forklifts don't jam up at that one spot, getting the popular <laughs> right. part. Exactly. And with computers, you can keep track. Okay, I got 10 of them on this shelf and 10 of them on that shelf. And just all this stuff you don't think about till you get into warehousing. Yeah, I can only imagine. Well, you guys, you guys are definitely involved in, in all sorts of, of, of you know, parts of the motorsports industry. I mean, whether it be racing, whether it be off-road, uh, or, or just your, you know, your shade tree mechanic doing a, doing a, you know, a resto mod or something like that. I mean, you definitely have something for everybody here. Um, what can you tell us what the future holds? Is it going to be more of the same? Are you guys going to be adding, you know, more parts lines? I mean, what's, what's the future of rock auto hold? Well, something we've done recently is starting adding, um, chemicals like oil and transmission fluid. Um, That's something you guys have not done in the past. Yeah. Right. It it, it was, it's, it's, it's heavy to ship and, and the, you know, it can be a, a mess to ship a, a chemical, but there's going to be so <laughs> many right. specialized chemicals that are so costly that it, it's starting to make sense for us to, but like I saw the new, the new uh, Jeep Wrangler coming out, the uh, K JL. What's it? JL. KL yeah. is going to have a ISIN transmission. And when we sell ISIN transmission fluid, so you can get exactly what you need for these these newfangled. Uh, you got to get the right oil. You got to get the right transmission fluid. It's oh, not yeah. just Dextron, Mercon anymore. So, so guys, we're it's... and then we're, we're 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 getting more into the accessories. We we always focused on replacement parts, the parts that wear out and break, the um, suspension and and brakes and. I've actually um, noticed that because I, I, I was actually shopping on Rock Auto here recently, um, doing a, a rebuild on on my uh, on my Jeep Cherokee here, and uh, and I noticed it. You know, going through some of the menus, I was like, "There's there's some new part lines in here that I haven't seen before. There's some options in here that I haven't seen before." Because you know, I mean, I having visited Rock Auto, you know, several you know many many times over the years, kind of get you know get familiar with what the menu yeah, looks like. And all of a sudden, yeah, start seeing these new stuff uh, pop up and whatnot. That that's pretty cool. And so how, how exactly do you guys determine which, you know, part manufacturers you carry or, you know, uh, who's going to, who's going to be, you know, uh, in the product line as it were? We try to look for gaps where we're, we want to have as many parts as we can for as many vehicles. And then are they willing to work with us? A problem we've had lately is, is um, price fixing where they, uh, you're supposed to sell it. Everybody's supposed to sell at one price. Right. And we don't want any part of that. So we, we manufacturers want to work with us. They fill a need that our, our customers have, and uh, and we set the prices, not them. Um, like I said earlier, if you if you you might look at, you know at your the parts for your 20 year old Jeep and think, okay, I've seen everything, but new parts are always coming in. So so that that's kind of fun. That okay, this part wasn't here. 
because we bought, we got it as a wholesaler closeout. We had a new a new manufacturer who has more parts for that vehicle. So no matter what age your vehicle is, there can be new stuff showing up. Yeah, you never know when somebody's going to close something out or when you're going to make a new connection with a uh, uh, somebody out there that uh, makes those parts. Well, you know, I would just want to tell you real quick. Uh, I think I mentioned it before we started the the interview. I uh, I'm personally very proud that uh, you guys were able to. Uh, uh, take our invitation, uh, accept our invitation, and come on here and be a guest because uh, I think uh, all of us, except for for Tammy, Tammy's got a new Jeep, so she hasn't needed parts yet for it. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> right. very honored that uh, Rock Auto and uh, Tom, you were able as a representative to come on here and talk to us. And uh, to to that end, is there? I, I'm sure you guys are on the social media. How would uh, people out there uh, find Rock Auto? The best way is just go to your browser and type RockAuto.com. Anything on uh, the uh, the Facebook, the uh, the Twitter, any of that stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're on there. Sure. Yeah, if you search for Rock Auto on Facebook or Twitter, you can find our our accounts. But, yeah, rockauto.com will take you to our homepage, and that's where all the fun begins. Well, I know oh, that, uh, speaking for myself, I can highly recommend uh, Rock Auto. The, uh, like, like, they, like Tom was saying earlier, the interface isn't fancy, but it, it has all the information you need, and it's very easy to navigate. Uh, very so, easy to use. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the important thing. Not, not the flash, but be able to find your parts. Well, thank you. Is there anything that, that we could do better that you, uh, for Jeep, owners or just in general that you've noticed or oh that's a great question and uh we could uh get you some feedback on that uh from our listeners uh i i I, it's been a little while since i ordered anything from rock auto the the thing that stuck out in my mind was uh depending on where depending on the part you were ordering it came from a different warehouse like a b or c and the the shipping was like on from each warehouse so that's the, I don't know if you guys still do that or not, but that was a little uh, frustrating for me. I mean, because uh, often, you know, the, the shipping is cheaper when it comes from one place. Sure. Yeah, that, uh, we've heard that before, and, and we've done a couple things to help with that. We, first of all, we, we try to stock um, more parts in different, have more parts in different warehouses, so it's not just one warehouse that has a part. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is in the catalog, once you put, start putting parts in your, your cart, you'll see a little truck icon in the catalog next to parts that could ship to the, from the, the same warehouse. So if you're, if you're not picky about um, brands or there's several brands you'd be happy with, you can pick the one with the truck next to it and that'll ship from the, the single warehouse. And then we have on oh, the far okay. right, there's a, there's a, a choice to, uh, you check at the top of the column above the prices and that lets you, the boxes will show up next to all the parts. You can check all the parts you'd be happy with. And then the, the computer will automatically pick the, uh, the one that will, will minimize the number of uh, sh- shipping warehouses. Ah, so, I like that. So let's say you're, there's this, you got a, a bunch of different oil filters you'd be happy with. You check them all off. And then as you keep adding stuff to your cart, the computer will pick the oil filter that can ship from one of the warehouses that uh, that another part that can only ship from that warehouse ships from. Mm-hmm. Not, so, that's yeah, kind great of hard, advice. It's kind of confusing to describe. No, no, <laughs> well, no, uh, it, it makes that's sense. You see in the catalog, it's. Those are great tips. I mean, all the years that I've been using Rock Auto, and I actually just made a purchase a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I didn't see that feature. And in fact, you know, these two different parts came from two different warehouses or whatever. And and although the, the shipping was only about a day apart, and I don't know if there would have been any 
any difference in cost or whatnot. But having that knowledge, knowing that, that you guys have that option out there for, for people who maybe aren't quite as picky you know, as the next guy looking for this specific part from this specific manufacturer can streamline their, their shipping process by, by these, you know, l- these little tips and tricks that you just mentioned. Yeah, 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 it's called Choose For Me to Minimize Cost up there on the right. There was, we've, uh, we, we always have, the, the customer pays what the shipping actually costs to, to FedEx or, or UPS, and we, we just try to, that seems the fairest and the simplest. We don't, we don't have free shipping that subsidizes this part or this customer at the expense of another customer. Because, yeah, the FedEx guy and the UPS um, carrier always want to be paid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, Want to, you know, express to our listeners, guys, if you haven't visited RockAuto.com, you got to check it out. All the parts that your car will ever need, or your Jeep will re- uh, ever need, rather, uh, you guys can definitely find it at Rock Auto. Tom, thanks again for taking the time. Really appreciate. It. I know I speak for for all of us here uh, when we say, you know, thanks for what you do. Yeah, thank well, you well, very so much, much for, for having joining me on. us. It, it's fun to talk cars and Jeeps. Maybe next time I'll actually own one. Oh yeah, yeah that's cool. a, just that's make sure a, it's a black Jeep. That's a possibility. Black. Red. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Tom, and uh, uh, please uh, feel free to uh, uh, come back anytime. What a what a fun interview that was, and you know it makes a lot of sense now. So a lot of the things that I've I've seen on uh, the RockAuto.com website, and it 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 now makes sense as the reason why it is, and it's very simplistic, very. Uh, direct in uh, how to get your parts. Well, I got to thank Tom once again for those couple of little tips at the end there for yeah. for helping us out with the shipping and stuff like that. I mean, that that is huge because, I mean, all the times that I've ordered from Rock Auto, I, I, just about every time it's been multiple pieces. And I think just of all but maybe once or twice, it's come from multiple places before. And mm-hmm. and having that option of being able to, to get everything with a b- little bit less shipping and and all at once, just by you know deselecting a couple of things. Well, that that's a that's huge advice for all of us out there. You know, I, I'd have to listen to the interview again, but I got the feeling that was a new feature they put on there because it was quite a common complaint. Uh, so that maybe maybe you didn't miss it. Maybe this hadn't been there, uh, or maybe well, I you didn't I mean, notice I, it recently. I just ordered something a couple of weeks ago, so it's very likely that I overlooked it. I did. I'm flying through stuff. I'm trying to get that yeah. instant gratification. <laughs> I need these parts, and I need them now. You know. And, <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's a good chance that I missed it. But yeah, thanks again, Tom Taylor, for taking the time to talk about Rock Auto with us. Really appreciate it. And we hope to get you on again soon. Oh, and we will have information in the show notes about how to uh, where exactly to go to the rockauto.com site so you can uh, sign up for that. Uh, what was it, Josh? 1968 uh, Jeep Commando giveaway? Yeah, that Jeepster is just absolutely amazing. You guys have got to go check that out. Just head over to the Rock Auto website, rockauto.com. They got a picture of it right there on the front. Just click on that, on on the picture right there on the main screen and get your chance to enter in for the sweepstakes to win this one-of-a-kind Jeepster. This thing is beautiful. Uh, Tammy's already uh, filled out. I know, the, she's uh, going to do yeah, 27 I've, entries already. Yeah. And, <laughs> if she wins, If she wins, she's off the show. Okay. Aww. Okay. I'll take. I'll take <laughs> She's like, a purple. Jeep. I got a purple Jeep. I don't get it. <laughs> well, hey, since we're talking about interviews and stuff, wanna wanna tease next week's interview once again. We've got one and only Nate with SWBCrawler.com. He's going to be uh, joining us to talk well about this, that, and the other thing. So I'm going to be looking forward to that. Finally, going to get a chance to talk with him in person. So that should be a great interview. Look for that episode 311. 
Oh, and I'll say if you uh, if you'd like to uh, be interviewed on the Jeep Talk Show, or maybe you know of somebody, or you have an idea of uh, some company that would be a, a great company to interview, send us an email info at jeeptalkshow.com. It's a weekly uh, we do weekly interviews, so we always need somebody to uh, have on the show. Yeah, always looking for those suggestions, guys. So if you know of somebody who's in the industry who maybe we can interview, well, let's go ahead and, and uh, get us all in touch with each other. Or maybe you have a suggestion for an interview. We'd love to hear about it. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, just want to say I got in the mail today my three today fire extinguishers. Oh, wow. Uh, the whole process was kind of vague. went on the website. <laughs> but uh, they came, and they have instructions on how, how to uh, ship the old ones back. And uh, oddly enough, now I'm, the voices that tell me to burn things are back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've got a bone to pick with uh, Tammy. <gasps> Last week, you guys received what Uh-oh. appeared to be an obscene caller. <laughs> and the first words out of Tammy's mouth is, is that Nikki G? Uh, <laughs> oh, I want you to know, Nikki G is not so that sorry. childish. <laughs> we'll never stoop that low. So <sighs> sorry. So, so sorry. Yippee! Howdy! Will you forgive me, Nikki G? Oh, no. Uh, he won't. Uh, you know, I, you know, quite often Tammy says, uh, are you firing me? Am I fired? Are you firing me? And I say, you're off the show. If you win that G she's like, okay. <laughs> Cause it's a purple G <laughs> looking for an excuse. <laughs> oh, we found Tammy's price. <laughs> you must have needed this every day. I need it. It's the deep talk shows. Must have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. <laughs> Yeah, guys, every so often we will pick some stuff out of the Ethernet to find that you are, well, you guys must have the stuff for your Jeep. These are some must-have items, some stuff that stands out from all the rest that will, well, make your Jeep life a little bit nicer, a little bit easier, uh, a little bit better. And uh, this is comes from Rugged Ridge. This is the 12496.17 Interior Comfort Kit. Now, this is for the 2007 through 2010 Jeep Wranglers only. Have you got a Jeeper in your life that needs a gift? Well, maybe their Jeep looks a little bit more like an episode of Hoarders than an off-road king ready for the trail. Rugged Ridge's interior trim kit's got you covered with handy storage accessories that contain all those things that tend to fly or roll around and suck up valuable interior space. Designed specifically for Jeeps, these kits have pouches, pockets, and cubbies that mount in various interior spaces, maximizing interior space for your passengers' contents. These complete kits offer great value over purchasing these sorts of accessories separately. Now, I'm not sure exactly how much you're going to save, but guys, this four-piece kit that we're talking about here is just $218.99 with free shipping through Amazon.com and includes a bunch of really cool stuff. So go check it out. This might be perfect for the Jeeper in your life who, well, might be a little bit hard to shop for. Oh, and don't forget, uh, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. It'll take you right over to the Amazon site. And any purchase that you make, we'll get a few uh, a few pennies, a few shekels, a few uh, thingamabobs. Uh, uh, An honorable a, mention. Put into our account. <laughs> Donut holes and not the kind that you Peanuts. Get. Peanuts. Ooh. 
So anyway, uh, don't forget uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon before you go to Amazon. Go to the public library. Do that on all the, the, the PCs oh, that are there. That'd be great. <laughs> all right. Well, man, this fire is feeling good. I can feel it over here by the Jeep. Now, I'm sure all those in Southern California are cussing you out. <laughs> now, yeah. Josh, I am sure I'm going to ask anyway, but I'm sure there has been absolutely no progress made on rebuilding or getting the uh, the 4.0 back together uh, on your beloved 99X. I got three words for you. How dare you? <laughs> uh-huh. Shame on you. <laughs> now, actually, I've been really uh, quite busy over the last week or two here getting things ready and uh, and getting some work done. In fact, uh, as we speak, the head is back on the Jeep, people. Woo, I'm so excited. Yes. No, uh, actually, last night, in fact, the uh, the head finally got replaced um, on top of the on top of the block. I, uh, I spent pretty much the majority of last weekend. Um, getting the timing set all redone and uh, and getting that all buttoned up and whatnot. Um, had to run out and uh, and get a new uh, a, a vibration dampener um, because the, I had discovered that that uh, was on its way out. Yeah. Um, it was something I wasn't expecting. Um, well, but, it happened uh, to no me. Big deal. So. Well, it was just one of these things where you know it's got a quarter million miles on it, and uh, it, it's it's you know you go through the inspection process, and oh yep, sure enough, you start checking the boxes. Nope, need to replace that. So yeah, that, yeah, that, that little rubber, did. that little rubber starts poking exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that I whole found on, thing will start sliding off there. Yeah, I mean that that that's worst case scenario. Yeah, that that thing just comes right off. And, Mine and did. You, Driving oh, home, really? Yeah. Oh so, man, I, I, it, and I've I've changed it on the '99 as well. The '99 was doing the same thing. Yeah, that's that's I'm I'm really glad that I changed it out then, and oh, I'm also yeah. glad that I decided to change out my uh, my timing my my timing chain and, and gears as well. I um I, I was on the fence about doing it. I was just like, well, you know, I'm I'm not exhibiting any signs of any issues, oh, you know, no. here really, and. You're and, there you know, already. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll just leave that there for, you know, another 100,000 miles or I mean, whatever. I know it's a curse. I'm there already. God. <laughs> and, then you, and then you wind God. up changing everything. <laughs> Seriously. I, I, I'm, I'm kicking myself in the shorts later. because, yeah. <laughs> because like, what was it? Uh, two years ago, um, I, I did, you know, the rear main seal and the valve cover gasket and the, the oil filter adapter <laughs> well, O-rings. while I'm here. You know, I, I, you know, took all these, you know. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna take care of these leaks that I've you know been putting yeah. off for the last year or so. Get these gaskets done, and well, the amount of teardown that you have to do to to get to these subcomponents and stuff like that, I might as well have just done all of this work that I'm doing now. Back then, I would have saved myself a lot of time, not necessarily any money, but you no. know, it would have been you know, I would have it would have been one and done. I would have had it all done, had it all taken care of, and I wouldn't have had that. Well, I take that back because I wouldn't have replaced that one relay that went bad that caused my auxiliary fan to go kaputs and that caused the overheating to begin with so um, the cherokees are very reliable and the 4.0s are very reliable so um it, it's it's something you get used to you know yeah. that it's just it's gonna take me where i need to go it doesn't matter if it's got two hundred thousand miles on it it's this it, thing's a trooper it yeah. is going to get me there and back so it's easy to get into that trap and oh well, yeah. i'll give you a warning josh and, and maybe you've experienced this before i experienced it with uh, with both uh, engine rebuilds weird little crap is gonna happen and it it's gonna cause you you're gonna go why why did that start doing that i didn't do anything to that and and it 
the the engine won't run or because the the coil because uh, i don't have coil packs i've just got the one coil that goes right. to the distributor like thing and yeah. that coil went out after replacing the engine <laughs> and and you know you can just say well it, that, that's like, what you know, those what are the things chances well yeah, you just, just said that that's what you get no. that's what happens <laughs> that that's what happens when you know it just it just happens naturally no it happened right after replacing the engine it's something about it's like brain surgery when you're dealing with the engine in any vehicle it's like doing brain surgery and you don't know what else it's going to affect so um if, if you don't have a triple a membership josh get one yeah. <laughs> I, I had to use my all four toes in one year. Jeez. Or if you remember the freeze plug came out and the, oh, the engine yeah. emptied, uh, the, that coil went out and there was a couple other things that happened. So triple a man. So I, uh, I, I did a little bit of engine dressing, um, while I've been doing all there was, there was one day that, that my back was really giving me some grief and I, I just, I wasn't able to really do a whole lot of wrenching. Uh, or let alone, you know, lifting a, a head up onto the block or anything. Um, and so I, I spent some time doing a lot of, uh, you know, engine cleanup and and uh, engine bay cleanup and a little bit of dressing as well. Took some time and I prepped the block and I actually put a fresh coat of paint on the block. Ooh. Which, good God, am I glad I did that. It looks amazing. Isn't it nice? uh, I'm really I'm really happy about that. I took the time. I cleaned the block up really good. Um, got it all prepped up and uh, put a couple layers of of, uh, of good, uh, very high temp uh, primer on there, and then some uh, some engine ena- high temp and engine enamel on there, some uh, semi gloss black, and it just oh man, it looks good. Uh, but there's some there's a couple other things that I'm doing, and um, some things that are going on behind the scenes that that neither of you are aware of. In fact, nobody is aware of that that uh, hasn't been inside my garage. Yes, this is exclusive stuff here. (laughs) So um, I will probably end up doing a little bit of a video or at the very least some pictures to to point this out um, because there is a little bit of a nod to the cap to the Jeep Talk Show here and and specifically you, Tony. Um, Uh And I'm not going to say anything more than that because I don't want to give it away. Um, It's a finger. It will become become very apparent... (laughs) Um, when, uh, when, when you guys see it. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking Uh-oh. forward to sharing that. Did you paint your that. Jeep red? No, dear God, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's a black Jeep. It will be staying a black Jeep. Uh, no, you guys, you guys will see it when, uh, when I, uh, when I do the big unveil or, or whatever. I am on track to have this Jeep running by year's end. Uh, it, I probably won't be trail ready, uh, by then. Cause I still have a transfer case rebuild to do. And, and some other things I've got, you know, I've got a, I've got a laundry list of stuff that I'm doing to this thing. So, uh, but at the very least it will be road ready by year's end. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Well, that will be great. You'll be able to chase those bastards down the next time they steal your Honda. <laughs> Run over them. <laughs> but I just really, really quickly, I, I want to give, just, just take a really brief moment here to thank all of you guys out there who have helped me out, whether it be by donation, whether oh, yeah. it be by moral support or whatever, I could not have gotten to this point without you guys. And, and I just, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you, the Jeep community has really, you know, come out and shown support and helped me out in my time of need. Uh, and, uh, and I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't have done this without you guys. So thanks again from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, it's great. Thank you guys for everybody that contributed to help uh, Josh get to this point. I forgot about that, Josh. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Couldn't have done it without you guys. So Tammy, I got to tell you, um, you uh, you know what color the screen is behind you, right? It's green. So what color was your shackle, your soft shackle? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> green and black. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's I hysterical. I don't have live video here. I don't have live video here, and so I'm I'm like listening. I know exactly what Tammy was talking about because we I had done a, a little bit of a, a tech talk segment <laughs> on some recovery gear and, and stuff like that, and the soft shackle was was one of those one of those items. And so oh, I know what she's talking about. I know what those look yeah, like. You can visualize. I didn't it in your even head. bother to think. Because half of them out there are fluorescent green. Yeah. And yeah, these, these, these this chroma key green screen technology that we use um, for the video aspect of the show, uh, you know, I'm sure it just completely disappeared. And so she's holding up her hand and half of it's disappeared. Well, uh, <laughs> imagine so imagine a free-floating label. That, because there the, you go. The, the label <laughs> attached to it is all you can see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, magic. I'm magic. I'm <laughs> magic. That's uh, funny. Nice little levitation trick you got there, Tammy. That's pretty good. Right. <laughs> um, I just want to real quick uh, that that mount that I bought from Sixty Seven Designs. One of the things, their promotional things they did was when you buy something before a certain date, um, you can get this found them key ring for free. And I'm like, oh. I just thought it was a key tag for the key mm-hmm. chain, but it's actually I'm I'm curious if anyone out there listening has one of these or used them. It it's says like found RFID them. Yeah, it's powered by Uber ID. And it looks like you go online and you register this tag. And if you lose oh, your so keys. Oh, so it's spyware. Yeah, that's how they track that, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, if they, I've never seen anything if, like this before. If they ask uh, what your Honda do you have, it, you know it's a trap. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I haven't even opened it yet. So if anyone out there, I would love to hear more about this. So, well, there's a, a there's there's a track uh, not track IR uh, tracker. Uh, there's a couple of uh, manufacturers out there that, uh, that 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 you're supposed to have. I mean, that's that you're supposed to be able to track through the internet, but it's it requires they to be within a certain distance of a uh, a wireless access point and yada yada yada. So uh, it's it's not as great as what you you might think. I bought one for my wife to put on her keys. And uh, you basically need to know where the keys are and get within three feet of it before it goes off. <laughs> I guess you could just wander around aimlessly and, uh, you know, right. and you happen upon it. But uh, uh, the, the, the technology is, uh, is lacking. But, yeah, yeah, at least you got one. So it, it didn't cost you anything. So that's good. Right. <clears throat> so I had an email uh, today, I believe it was, uh, from a uh, another Katy, Texas resident uh, that was asking me what happened with my brakes. Did I get them fixed? Because I mentioned it on the show, but didn't ever conclude the story. So no follow up. Yeah, no follow up. I had actually well, let's get a, let's get a little get a little backstory here yeah, real quick and, and bring people up to speed. I'd actually posted uh, over on uh, xjtalk.com uh, and maybe even jeeptalkforum.com. Uh, about the break so i think that's why i thought that i had told everybody so mm. basically you know i'm driving along and one day it, the brakes just aren't there i mean it'll stop but you have to press the the brake pedal almost all the way to the floor it, you got to press it really hard and uh i found out it, there was this uh, uh whistling noise air noise and so it turned out to be the brake booster i've never had a brake booster go out so at 230,000 miles on my Jeep, it decided to go out. That's okay. That's fine. It's a bit of a, a pain to get underneath the dash and un- get those four bolts uh, undone so that you can get uh, the uh, the power brake booster out of there. But I replaced it. So uh, no uh, no repair goes unpunished. Uh, like no no good deed. And uh, <laughs> so shortly after that, 
Uh, I was uh, uh, driving, and uh, the brakes didn't feel quite right. The pedal was a little lower than what it, what I was used to. So uh, actually, one day, I was uh, sitting in light after uh, driving about uh, 20 miles uh, home from work, and the, the Jeep wanted to move forward by itself. So I, I pressed on the brake a little harder, and you could actually feel the brake pedal pulsing, going Uh-oh. down. And I have, would have to press harder and harder. So the power brake booster was still working, but something wasn't working correctly on the, the brake system. <clears throat> so I was checking things. I, you know, maybe I have a leak. I, I found out that I didn't have enough uh, fluid in the, the brake booster, uh, uh, the container. And I thought, well, maybe that's it. But why do I have a leak? So anyway, I finally found out that I had a leak uh, in the uh, cylinder on the driver's side rear. So I spent about 130 bucks at Amazon, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, and bought everything I needed to do a full brake job on my 1980, uh, 1998 uh, Jeep uh, Cherokee. So uh, uh, pulled, uh, uh, pulled it off, replaced the one on the driver's side first. Yeah, sure enough, that uh, cylinder was, uh, was leaking. Uh, got all that stuff on there. Went over to the other side and took the, the cylinder uh, off on that side. And do you know, it wasn't leaking severely, but it was beginning. To, I could, it was a little squishy. And when I took it off and just, just grabbed it, some of the oil was coming out. Some of the brake fluid was coming out on one side. So it was going bad, too. So I think this is common, but don't make the mistake of just fixing one side. Don't make the mistake of just replacing one. I mean, I think those things were like 10 bucks. The cylinders were like 10 bucks a piece. I say the rebuild re- so kits really aren't all that expensive. No, no. I mean, I even got drums, brand new drums. They were twenty-two dollars a piece, and they were free shipping. If oh you, wow! There you go. If you have Amazon Prime, yeah, that hundred and thirty bucks was everything was free shipping. I even got all the new springs, the, the whole kit for uh, every component on there, uh, with the exception of the little bar that goes goes between the two. Um, I always call them pads. What do you call the the drums? Shoes? The shoes, yeah. That little bar that goes between the shoes. So anyway, uh, replaced all that stuff, uh, bled the brakes, and man, the uh, the uh, now there's no uh, pulsing in the brakes, which uh, I, th- I thought about. And what it is is that the it was leaking brake fluid as I was holding pressure on the brake, and mm-hmm. the brake fluid was was going out of that cylinder, and it was pushing the thing down as the brake fluid. Uh, squirted out of the cylinder so anyway it uh the brake pedals at the uh, right at the top of uh the the pedal uh run or the range and uh works great so it's been especially helpful during the uh, all this rainy weather that we've been having uh i'm back to yeah, i bet i'm back to the two second rule uh riding people and uh turning up my uh <laughs> led lights and, and being uh confident that i'm going to be able to stop whenever i need to Long story, but uh, yeah, everything's back to normal. Got all that stuff on there. Good, good. So, yeah, and uh, hey, now, real, how how long would you say you put into that? Was it an all day thing? Couple oh hours? no, it was uh, the first one because uh, I hadn't done a uh, a drum break uh, for six or eight months since the uh, the TJ uh, had the almost exact same thing happen. Uh, not Let the, me ask not you, the brake booster, you, but the uh, the cylinder started leaking. Did you uh, have to use or buy any specialty tools? Uh, the reason why it was 130 bucks is I got one of those little, uh, tools that you put on the, that cap on the spring that holds the shoes in place. Mm, yeah. And an interesting thing is I was wondering why it had notches 
on either side of it. I understood why it had the shape and, and, and whatnot, but I didn't understand why those notches were there. And, and it was taking me a long time just to get the spring off, turn that cap, you know, 90 degrees so that it would unlock the, the, the thing I call a nail and uh, get the spring off there so I could get the old shoes off. And uh, then it dawned on me, hey, look at here. You can look in this notch on the sides. There's, there's two notches on both sides. You can look in this notch right here and see where the, the flat spot on that little nail is and the little slot on the cap. So yeah. that was interesting to find out. And I had that, I've had that other tool that uh, it, it, it's really a weird looking pair of pliers. Oh, the, like the spring compressor uh, plier thingamajiggers. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get those big springs off of there. And mm-hmm. I, I finally figured out that if you put the spring on that end and then use it as like a, uh, a pry bar or a lever, you can extend that spring without, you know, like bench pressing 300 pounds. Right. Trying to do it with say. a pair of pliers. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna so, say, some of those, you got to have some pretty good hand strength. To oh, yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 the driver's side took a little longer, actually took a lot longer than a passenger side because I figured out how to use all those tools. <laughs> so once I got over to the other side, I bet you it wasn't 30, 45 minutes uh, to, do, to do the, nah, the passenger too side. shabby. And the, and the driver's was probably over an hour. But I wasn't out there a real long time. And, you know, the, the temperatures weren't so bad. So it wasn't such a bad thing. Good. Yep, yep. So uh, anyway, got brakes. And now's the time to switch the disc brakes on the rear, I think. Now that I've there replaced, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've replaced those drums. Oh, an interesting thing. Over 230,000 miles. The drum brakes have been changed twice, and do you know that the uh, the shoes were just fine? They, I mean, they weren't even anywhere close to needing to be replaced. But of course, when it gets soaked in brake fluid, uh, it's not yeah. really a good idea to to keep yeah, those in no. there. Well, good man. Glad you're uh, glad you're able to stop now. I'm sure the uh, the rest of people on the road are are also happy. <laughs> well, they wish not I'd really. go someplace. <laughs> or not. Speaking of stopping, let's uh, let's go with wheeling. Where do we got anything? Well, ish, you know, all the show season and most of the sanctioned off-road racing events or or vendor sh- vendor shows are are all over until next spring, and we do have some things to look forward to as twenty seventeen wraps up. We're just a couple months away from the annual King of the Hammers event in Johnson Valley. That's right, King of the Hammers in February. And it's one of the world's most renowned and competitive off-road events, and not to be outdone. The one and only Jeep Jamboree USA has released their event calendar for 2018. If you've ever been curious in the least or have had any interest in being a part of an all-exclusive, one-of-a-kind Jeeping experience, you must head over to JeepJamboreeUSA.com right now and select the state that you live in or that you might want to visit, and you can start planning your Jeep adventure of a lifetime right now. They have dates and trips all year long, all across the nation, so there's a very good chance there's a Jeep Jamboree happening near you. Once again, that's jeepjamboree.com. Trust me, guys, look into this. This is an experience you won't soon forget. And hey, Jeepers, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Maybe a Jeep event that's happening in your neck of the woods or somewhere else. Well, shoot us an email with some details. Been to a Jeep event recently? Well, let us know what you thought and what you saw. Call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102. Leave a message, night or day. We love to hear from you. Hey, we're still doing that survey thing. Please take a moment and take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. It'll let us know what our demographics, ooh, fancy word, uh, are for the show. 
Yeah, who are we reaching exactly? We'd mm-hmm. love hearing from you guys. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Google+, pretty much all over the interwebs. Just go to your favorite social media site and search for Jeep Talk Show. You will find us. Hey, join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. You heard us talk about it here on the show. Pictures, stories, more detail, how-to, or ask the hosts uh, questions. JeepTalkForum.com. Hey, and you can call us anytime and leave a voicemail at 530-675-4102, and you'll even hear it on the show. (sighs) That's right, whether you want to or not. (laughs) Don't forget, (laughs) we have a free application for your phone or your tablet. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and search for Jeep Talk Show. Hey, and if you're making a purchase online or at Amazon, be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. Don't forget, Jeepers, we want to hear your suggestions for guest interviews here on the show. Don't drop us a line and let us know who you would like to hear on the next Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, and don't forget, you can go check my Jeep journey out at www.jeepmama.com. And if you're looking for a voice for your product or your business, be sure to check out my professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. You can reach me directly. Well, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) And it's going to sound a lot better than that. Trust me. You can reach me directly, josh at thevoiceofjosh.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreations and wheeling destinations in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Go check out Tread Lightly and all their principles at... Treadlightly print at www.treadlightly.org. <laughs> Something like that. Woo! Oh, Lord. <laughs> Wrong season. They have turkey for Christmas. We do. Since 2010.